You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Well, wings, wings, and more wings. We talk all about uh, wings (laughs) on this show. Indy 500, we'll wrap that up. Get into the uh, spy photos of the 911 GT3 RS and uh, all things uh, SUVs. Yeah, some new SUVs coming out. Interesting tech. First, I'll tell you about J.B. Weld. Yeah, DIY projects to get through. Want to save money and avoid paying the repairman? Big or small repairs. Home or garage, ordinary household glue. Well, it's got the word ordinary right in the title. You need strong. You need better. You need J.B. Weld. We're proud to have J.B. Weld as a sponsor. They've been great. I know the owner. We hung out with these guys at SEMA. Were you with me at SEMA when I was hanging out with those guys? I know I asked you I all the time. You, you swung by the booth and chatted with them and then came back. You're like, I just talked to the guys at J.B. Well, I like those guys. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? I've been using it for a long time, and now they make everything. They used to just make J.B. Weld. It was for repairing metal. Now yeah. they make everything. So don't glue it. J.B. Welded. Available at jbweld.com, Home Depot, Lowe's, AutoZone, Advanced Auto Parts, O'Reilly, Walmart, Amazon, Michaels, and more. It's J.B. Weld. Hey, you guys. It's Sophia. And Sistine Stallone. And we are so excited to share with you our brand new podcast, Unwax. I know what you're probably thinking. And no, we are not waxing our kitties, but we are bearing it all. So join us each week as we discuss adulting. What's that? Single life. Tragic. And of course, give you our unsolicited advice. While bringing on exciting guests to join the chaos. We are unfiltered, unapologetic, and, and unbelievably unwaxed. Yes, damn, that is the most clever thing we've come up with. So be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or PodcastOne.com and join us every Tuesday to listen to the best content the internet has to offer. Get it on, got to get on, just get on, Amanda, get on, uh, welcome to Car Guys, I'm Adam Pearl, Dr. Drew over there. <laughs> hey, how you doing? <laughs> hey, it's Matt the Motorator, DeAndrea over there, and uh, we'll take some of your questions and we'll talk about uh, life in the big cities. It pertains to uh, the automobile. Um, uh, let's see, I got the uh, Aston Martin up and running, I was driving it uh, pretty much all weekend, which was... Uh, Kind of nice. Car looks good. Um, you kind of forget the technology is so dated in a car that's, uh, I don't know, fit, what year those things come out? 05? I think yours is an 05, first year of the DB9. Yeah, and uh, it's been 15 years, and you forget the stereo and the knobs and stuff. It's like, oh, this is old. Like, everything <laughs> yeah. is so old. But I'll, I'll tell you the... Uh, Just the fact that it has knobs. I know. There's no, like, touchscreen or... The outside anything. of the car still looks pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, J.B. Weld, CarCast is brought to you by our proud sponsor, J.B. Weld, the epoxy adhesive brand used by pros and DIYers and trusted for over 50 years. And it's available at jbweld.com and retailers everywhere. It's J.B. Weld. So, um, yeah, we got the car. We got the new battery in. Uh, we got the charge on the battery. Sean kind of put the seat back. We, we kind of pieced it together sort of just took the passenger seat and sort of moved it back and lowered it and sort of locked it off because it was having trouble with the connections. The, some some little electrical things that were a little weird, like the, the lock on the door, passenger side door was a little wanky and the electric lock and little, little bits and pieces, but uh, drove it around, went for a little cannonball run at night with uh, Sonny, who seemed to appreciate it, mm-hmm. uh, kind of ran through. Here's a little tip. Um, <clears throat> so I said to Sean, what should we do? You know, it had half a tank of gas. My impulse was to take the old gas, add a half a tank of new gas and some sort of, you know, uh, injector cleaner or something like that. He said, just run through the old tank and then add fresh gas and uh, add the injector cleaner with that. So, mm-hmm. uh I drove around aggressively for about a day and a half, like trying to waste gas, that's essentially. A, that's a half a tank. I went over to Dr. Drew's house and went out for a cannonball run with my son at night and blah, blah, blah. And I parked it in the garage and I cleaned it up. Like, I hadn't worked on a car in a while. I mean, in terms of detail, like getting down, getting the rims cleaned up, you know, yeah. doing that kind of stuff. Car cleans up really nice, looks really good. 
um, ran through the gas, went to the gas station, couldn't figure out how to get the gas cap to pop up, the yeah. cover to pop. Yeah. I, oh, there's a button, if I recall. I'm sure you figured it out. But I, I want to say maybe like driver's side kick panel. There's Is a that? weird button, driver's side dash like yeah. side dash yeah 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 almost kick panel side dash i pushed that a few times nothing happened and then i had to look around at everyone who was looking at me and i had to pretend like i didn't need gas anymore like i, <laughs> eh, I was thinking about gas but i changed my mind yeah <laughs> there's uh, there's funny videos and memes of people pulling up uh in a tesla with a pump and going i don't know where to fill it up and people are like yeah it's a tesla that was me I essentially just drove home and then went online and just Googled in DB9 gas cap help, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. And I found some website that said you could pop the trunk and there's a little release button underneath the gas cap, whatever, up in there. I think the guy had a V8 Vantage or something, but it was like, ah, good enough. And sure enough, you can pop the trunk okay. and kind of kind of open it up. The, the crazy part about the DB9 that I remembered is when you're sitting in the car and you're looking for the button, you can't see it. You have to open the door because it's on the side of the dash, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you sit there and go, hey, where's the where's the button? Is it down low? Is it in the kick panel? Is it in the pocket? No, I You'll know. never see it. You have to get out. And st- <laughs> yes. <laughs> Interesting. It's totally, um, it is not organic. Let's uh, Let's just put it to you that way. But car ran good you forget those old cars too i'm an old 15 years old the suspension is pretty stiff yeah like it is they didn't have it worked out with the uh, electric magnet you know shock whatever they didn't you know back in the day and again back in the day 2005 but you had to kind of go do you want a stiff suspension with good handling or do you want a soft suspension for a luxury ride and now it's, I want both. Right. But back then, it was like, no, you have to declare a major. Would you like this car to handle? And it's like, yes, I would. Okay, well, then you're going to feel everything in the road. Yeah. Like, it was kind of interesting. I mean, it was kind of old school, kind of felt cool. Yeah. Kind of feeling that stiff suspension in the road. Yeah, and it's, it, I get it's a GT car, but it's still a sporty car. And, you know, when you when you get on it and you get to hear that engine and and the feedback from that suspension yeah it is kind of fun it's kind of fun yeah too. so i put um i uh i took a couple of pictures max pat of the car in the garage we can throw up uh, at uh what do we do the carcast show carcast show carcast show not the no <laughs> how long has it been 11 years carcast show.com <laughs> i took a couple of shots of it in the garage it's, it looks good and that that green nobody gets them in green but it looks good in that yeah. green yeah mm-hmm. it does uh, let me just remind you guys, it's time for Dodge Power Dollars. That means for each do- each horsepower, you get $10 off the purchase of your Dodge Charger, Challenger, or Durango. So come in for Dodge Power Dollars today for a pretty sweet deal. So You can go trade the Aston Martin. In. Yeah. <laughs> so it's good. You're right. It looks good. There it feels it good. We're, I put it up. I cleaned the damn rims. It's been a long time since I got down and really got after some rims. Yeah. Did you, mm-hmm. did you commission Sonny to help? I told him, but he didn't. He didn't he do did, squat. He didn't buy into it. <laughs> no, and also I didn't really have any good stuff there. I, I'm, I'm, I got too many. I got too much stuff spread out all over the place. I was like, "Where's my rim cleaner?" It's like, "Not here. Nothing here." <laughs> so I just got down with a brush and kind of went at it. Uh, but uh, yeah. Sonny wasn't too excited now. But give him two years when he maybe if sixteen year olds still get a license, he's gonna be like, "Hey, Dad, why are you using that Aston Martin in the garage?" I have not heard Jack squat from either of my kids about getting a license or driving or cars or owning a car. I thought we asked Sonny on the way. He might have been drinking the whole time, so I don't know. He's it, out of it. Yeah. Um, but uh, on the way to Monterey, we were like, Sonny, you going to get a license when you're 16? And what kind of car do you want, right? And then, I don't know, he said something ridiculous. We had to change his mind immediately. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, the the deal is, is I needed to go somewhere when mm-hmm. I was young. Like my deal was, first off, imagine, okay, I see my mom once every seven weeks and it's way too much for me. Like, and, and we're <laughs> outdoors. You know, I My house was 800 square feet. I, I couldn't imagine living 
with my mom and my stepdad in 800 square feet, like in no air conditioning. Like you had to get out. Yeah, you had to. You had to get out. My my kids are like 7,300 square feet and they like their mom and their dad. So they're having the time of it. They don't need to go anywhere. Yeah. I needed to go somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And, And most guys I knew... You know, the parents, I mean, they lived in small apartments with their parents. You know, I mean, I it's now insane. I mean, for me, when I think about living with my mom in a small area, that sounds unthinkable. It's unimaginable mm-hmm. to me. So, of course, I had to get out. Or my dad. I mean, my stepmom, my stepdad, like, blah. Like, living with them seems like a punishment. For summer camp... You should send Sonny Natalia to live one week with your mom and one week with your dad. <laughs> They'd be so horribly traumatized they could never work again. They'd that have would to be live there for a week and I don't know, do chores or something and no I, I can't imagine there's any internet connection. Uh I don't know what there's no connections of any kind, emotional, spiritual, <laughs> internet. There is no there's no connection. I have no connection to either one of those people. I cannot believe I had to live. Max Pat, you saw the house I grew up in. I, yeah. I couldn't believe I had to live with my mom. And by the way, my stepdad is no fucking bowl of cherries either. That guy doesn't even talk. It's like it's he's weird. Yeah. My stepdad my mom's angry and weird, and my stepdad's just weird. Yeah. And that's uh Awesome. I, saw, I saw the size of his side room that where he where Adam would sleep. It was yeah. It, it, it was one of those rooms that if you got a house, you would look at it and go, "What should we do with this one?" <laughs> and you'd <laughs> store like, pet food there. <laughs> yeah. That's what you do. Except right Phil wouldn't want to live there. Yeah, no. Be- so you're saying Sonny Natalia couldn't handle a week? No, Phil couldn't handle a week. I would have <laughs> had a decent childhood if I had a Phil growing up. Uh, I mean, Sonny was just like hanging on to him last night onto his toy and Phil just like drags him across the <laughs> hardwood floor while Sonny's like on his back in a hoodie. And I'm like, that's what I should have had. But all right. So yeah, enough about that. Indy 500 ran. Indy 500. Yeah, that was I. Now, you know, when they left, Sonny and I were watching it. There was that bad crash at the end. And. I read a tweet from Graham Rahal. I'm curious about, but um, <clears throat> at the end, they went to commercial and they're like, "Well, five laps left. I think they're going to red flag this thing mm-hmm. and start restart this race." And it's like, "Oh my god, this is going to be an exciting ending because there's five laps left, and once that pace car pulls out there." Whatever lead you had in first place, and it wasn't much, but whatever it is, yeah. everyone's going to be completely bunched up. And it, it's going to be a sprint. At that point, I think, I don't know. At that point, I think the guy in second or even third place has an advantage over the guy who's leading the race on a five lap race, a five lap sprint with the pace car and a restart. I think most indie guys would probably say they'd rather be in second, waiting to yeah, make interesting. waiting for their spot. Yeah, you know, make their move. Well, the restart would have only been three laps. Oh, it was only three laps, and you know they would have the you're accident right. happened with it, five it's laps? at five, and they're under yellow, and then they said if we red flag it, there will be three laps. And three laps is a little down to the wire. You're right. Like maybe second place is is those guys do so many aggressive moves. They do. It would be a battle for sure. I it wouldn't surprise me if the lead had changed probably a couple a couple times. times. Yeah, definitely second and third. People would be darting around because second and third at this point. Now you're fighting off the people behind you not just trying to get the people in front of you it is a sprint and believe me that guy in fourth is going i just i just need a little window here and i'm going to be first so it would have been it would have been uh so graham interesting graham sent a tweet out said uh while i wanted a chance to win an hour and a half track repair combined with the fact that there are no gimmicks in any car racing means any 500 ran its course um 
hour and a half track repair? I'm sort of looking at like the guy hit the tire barrier, whatever, like pretty hard. Yeah, so he hit the wall, outside wall, and then came in yeah, and yeah. hit the tire barrier at the entrance and of the pit. And it definitely moved some stuff around. But an hour and a half, like I feel like, and I don't know what the legalities are, like yeah. when a barrier has been compromised, like does some guy have to come out, throw a tape on it, like recertify it? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, Versus, hey, this guy's just going to push the tires back in this place. There's probably, I don't know much about it, and I'm speculating, but uh, there's the tire thing where those guys are like, all right, we need to bring the tires back out, and we got to get the ones that we have, blah, blah, blah. But hitting the wall and all that stuff, depending on damage on the wall, mm-hmm. I wonder if there's some sort of like patch system that they have. They're like, we can, we can make this go. You know, if this was lap nine and they needed a shutdown for an hour or more, like what what's there? They're not going to go out there and the guy's not going to start bringing some mortar out there and start patching the wall and be like, this will dry in about an hour and a half. Just don't hit it again. You know, like there's got to be some sort of clue, some sort of system that they have. I'm surprised that it's an hour and a half. Yeah. I, and maybe there's an exaggeration there at some I point. Think I think Graham was probably making his point. Yeah. By tacking on a little time. But um, I think the problem was the guy hit, you know, when you hit a wall and you drop some oil or some fluid or whatever, they come in and they mop up real fast. Mm-hmm. When you hit a barrier that's like in the infield and you essentially um, corrupt it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like you, this thing is not what it was. I mean, there must be a bunch of rules. I mean, there's probably templates and stuff. Like, here's what yeah, this yeah. thing needs to be. It can't be haphazard. Can't be like throw right. some old tires on there, or whatever, and, and string them together with chicken wire or something. Like they, they got rules. And when you corrupt that thing, you must have to sort of recertify it. Yeah, you must have to re. It must have yeah. to get put back, and somebody must go. It is now back to an official position. Versus, get those tires pushed back in, into shape. Right, especially on the entrance of a pit, certain length, right. certain width. You know, and you're like, hey, it's off. That's not. It's not fair. It's not to spec anymore. You know, I don't. I mean, not you know, fair. I, I think it's all just insurance. And if 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 they had, let's just put it to you this way, if they just in a hurry, pushed everything back in shape and kind of put the tarp over the top, and then, God forbid, someone hit it again, yeah. and something happened to that person, there'd be a fucking... They would they would yeah. own yeah. that racetrack, right? Right. Because Garagos would get involved and explain <laughs> that the t- this shit wasn't back how... Now, we would know that it was all back out. Yeah, but you didn't get it certified. Right. Like, you didn't... Yeah. Where was the guy who comes down and does all the paperwork? Yeah. You know what I mean? So there must be some rule. I don't know, Matt. I don't know if there's anything online, Max Zapata, but you hit a wall, you put a big scuff on a wall, and then you drop a bunch of fluid, and they just come in and mop up the fluid, and they start the race again. You go in interior, you go like infield, yeah. and move some shit around, they must have to recertify things. There's got to be something to it for sure. Um, I would also imagine at this point... There's a, there's a business to run. They're like, where are we on TV coverage? What are we doing? You know, what's got to come up next? And and uh, there, you know, there's a business decision and a safety decision that needs to be made. Look, everybody there seemed to be, you know, everybody involved with the event, mm-hmm. the drivers, and you know, the team owners. Everyone was fine with it. Like this is this is what it is. Yeah, you yeah. Know, Scott the, Dixon wants to win. Graham Rahal wants to win. They're the top three. I, I think it would have been it's business, but for the viewers, a restart. Obviously. It would have been yeah for fun to watch. Absolutely, it would have been better for for all of us. But look, uh, congratulations to all those guys and uh, uh, Takuma Sato, who won, is Graham's uh, partner on the team. Right. So so Rahal Letterman took first and third. Yeah. And it was great to see Bobby up there and everyone's excited. And then uh, David Letterman was up there with this crazy mountain man. I eat people for a living beard <laughs> and, uh, and with a mask on, uh, mm-hmm. you know, but, uh, uh, you know, it, the race was good. It was fun. It was a little odd to see it without spectators, but the TV coverage really kind of compensates for a lot of that. I, 
I was talking about with, with Goldberg earlier in the week saying it's it's got to be different for the people that are there, the teams and the drivers. They don't get the noise. They don't get the spectacle of of all the people that are there. And I said, I get it. They're in the car and it's all business for them. It's, you know, it's not WrestleMania where it's all fanfare and showmanship. But mm-hmm. uh, And he's like, listen, I've wrestled in the biggest events and I – was one of the people that wrestled at a no spectator WrestleMania. Mm. And uh and he's like, yeah, it's it's sorry, you talking weird. about you? I wasn't listening. Yes, yes, yes. I'm a on the weekends I'm a professional oh, wrestler. Oh, Goldman. That's yeah, right. Goldman. Yeah, <laughs> Goldman. <laughs> yeah, so what do you say the difference was? Well, or- he's he's like, you know, he he made up a good point. He said, "Well, what we're doing now with the TV coverage is is sort of compensating, like not really putting a lot of spectator stuff, but the sounds and the announcers. He's like, it's the announcers that have to carry it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't call a race or a fight or a hockey game uh, without the announcers being all in on it. You know, so that was that was kind of thing. But look, Sato wins the Indy 500. He's on the podium. They lift him up with the new elevator car lift yeah, well, that thing that was, was kind of badass yeah and uh and there's 78 people <laughs> get to get to cheer them so uh w- one of the things i i thought about was this is going to go down as one of the most unique indy 500s mm-hmm. and then next year will as well because it'll be the biggest party for an indy 500 of all time mm-hmm. right I so agree. and uh, hopefully uh, we'll be there um Spy photos of the uh, 911 oh GT3 RS. The 911. So the new 911s are out for a while now. And as they release more models, we've seen Turbo S mm-hmm. and then Turbo. And mm-hmm. then we've seen Targa, which mm-hmm. is out. It looks mm-hmm. great. Um, my favorite, Targa GTS, not really announced yet because I like the GTS options. I like the mm-hmm. Targa with the manual and the center lock wheels. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And I think that's the best looking car out there. Yeah, Targa There's, Targa is the greatest architecture for a car. If you think about it, if you think about like the best era for cars, it's like those Lamar cars from the '60s, mid '60s, early '60s, mm-hmm. and they had that kind of Targa look, like kind of like the uh, Ferrari 250 LM yeah, or something. Yeah. And if, you, if you're a speed racer fan, a lot of those cars were like Targa yeah. looking. And it's just, it's a good look. Convertibles, not great. Coupes, good. Targa, somehow this weird balance. Like that, that Targa Porsche looks good. It does. And one of the things I like about it is that rear glass is one big piece and it's curved. Yes. So there's no extra pillar or like, right. like, you know, so it just has a nice look to it, and it's open. But so there's going to be a GT3, and then there's going to be a GT3 RS. The GT3 possibly available with a manual transmission. I think it's going to have a manual. The GT3 RS not going to have it. But 520 horsepower, naturally aspirated, four liter, uh, and it, the bodywork on it is is aggressive. It looks like an RSR when you start. I we're looking at the photos of spy photos and it's all in black and they got vents taped off so you can't see how aggressive it is and it, you know they're trying to hide it but you look at some of these angles and you look how aggressive this guy has like some RSR bodywork on it like modern day RSR yeah i uh yesterday i was driving down the street i was leaving this studio and i got behind a Porsche that had been breathed on quite a bit and it just had a massive tail on the back <laughs> yeah. and uh, Got to figure out something with that tail, yeah. Because uh, the they're going pro- big, big wings now. But the here's the problem. So the the catch twenty two is obviously the Porsche is all about performance, and the tail is there for a reason. And it's a it's a rear engine car, so it, it it's going to need that tail. Mm-hmm. Um, also, when you look back and you look at like singers. And other Porsches, they all have that ducktail in mm-hmm. the back. And it's really the best looking of all the vintage tails is a kind of minimalist yeah. tail on there. Now, if you're going to go 
full 935 and really integrate the tail into the the rest of the slant nose and the massive flares and the big intakes and the rear fenders and everything, then that's one thing. The problem with the modern Porsches and, and some other modern cars is they have a sort of more modern sleek body and then the tail's just getting bigger oh, and it's getting thinner. bigger. Right. And so now it's getting into sort of bad boob job on skinny chick kind of territory. <laughs> now, obviously, it's there for a reason and I love functionality, but at a certain point, you're just driving down Rodeo Drive and you're driving up and down Sunset Strip, and you've got this massive tail hanging off the back of your car. And I don't know what that tail's doing under 90 miles an hour. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. know. Chris, can you find, what's the latest AMG GT? It could be an AMG GT Black Series. See if that comes up, and... Like, this is a front-engine car. I mean, you know, whatever, front, mid. I'm sure it's pushed back as far as it can go. And it's it's over the top with, with the wings and the, the front and the canards and, and all kinds of crazy stuff. It looks badass, but you're right. It's like... Yeah, how much uh, how much Rodeo Drive kind of thing going on? Yeah, here's a here's a picture of the AMG GT. I the, the, the real question like, is is does I I've driven a race car with a big tail on it, and I can tell you at fifty miles an hour, all it is is a piece of plastic on the back of your car. At one hundred and fifty miles an hour, you're you're planted, you know, so. Yeah, so there's some, there's the photo of that. Right. I, it's the thing now, right? Let's like it's, it's a it thing. Has it's, to a, be... it's a thing your mom doesn't understand. You know, yeah. she'd come out and go, "It's such a, it's such a spiffy car." What? But what's with this thing? And you'd go, "That's necessary, mom." And you'd go, but necessary? You live in the hills. What? What are we talking about? And you're like, "Hey." At a at 156 miles an hour, it creates 5,000 pounds of downforce. Like, where are you going? 150. <laughs> yeah, right. And Why you, do you need that? You go to the Trader Joe's in Encino. <laughs> what What are you talking about? You can't even see out of the back window. And you'd be like, all right, well, maybe she's got a point. <laughs> like, Damn what, it, mom, that's why you're not allowed over. Where is uh, <laughs> Where is that car? I mean, Porsche. I, does that tail do anything oh. under? 80 miles an hour. Right. Like, what? what is, when does the tail kick in? Um, I don't know. I don't know. We know yet on the GT3 RS. Well, you could probably find out on the AMG. It does something at 50 miles an hour, but what? I don't know. Drag? <laughs> just, just drag? <laughs> but, but maybe create a little downforce at that speed, but yeah. how much? Now, yeah, the way. The, the wing has an active aero flap and contributes a total maximum downforce of over 880 pounds at 155 miles per hour. Oh, 155. I was yeah. way off. Right. But that's a weird number, though, because isn't that where they, like, do the limit for the, you know, like, when you order your BMW, you're like, oh, it's 155 limited unless you get the competition package and you pay the government a fee, and then it does 176. Hmm. Right? There's, like, the limited 155. So I wonder if that why that number is just coming up. There's an upgraded rear wing as part of a major aerodynamic kit as well. So (laughs) So from people who chip it and they want to go more than 155. Okay, but here's an interesting thing. We talked about Gordon Murray's new supercar, his T50. T50. And he doesn't want a big crazy wing, so he put his fan on the back. And he said, hey, when this car is going fast, the the air that goes through the car mm-hmm. creates the downforce and the aerodynamics. He goes, but when you're going slower, mm-hmm. you don't get the air through the car, so you can turn the fan on, and right. the fan simulates aerodynamics, right? Yeah, no, I... I it, That's it, a cool idea without going with the crazy wings. He does it with an insane fan that I'm sure is not going to break. The, uh, <laughs> the big... The big crazy wing is it, it's it's over. I'm sorry, but it's it's too much. I'm not. Look, I got a 935, so I'm not a. I'm not. You know, I'm not. Uh, I'm not uh, against the wing. I like the concept of the wing, but I got to tell you, you know what? I'm just thought about it. 
Do the singers just have a straightaway ducktail? Like they haven't breathed uh, on that? I don't know that? that they all do. I, I think you can... They they probably massaged a little bit. Maybe it's up a little bit higher to get into the air. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, I'm sure... People that get them can order them with or without or 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 what like it's, it's yeah you know, they it's do come up they do come of, up a little higher as I as I as I yeah. look at the as I look at the singer now it looks a little more aggressive like it's got a little more height on it but yeah and you can get them with or without but the, the point the point is is air. that it's too much wing uh, sorry the the new uh, let's see nine eleven GT three RS it it's just it's too much wing. Mm-hmm. It's too much. It's just hung on there. It's just up there. It's just too much. Now, the previous generation 911 GT3, I think GT3, uh, I think that had the big wing on it, or you can get the touring model. And the touring model, no wing, right? The touring model was like, hey, it's yeah. regular interior, and it's got air conditioning, I, and I get it doesn't the, have a roll cage I, or something. You know, my... I guess is there a version of this, and I I agree with you. Is there a version of this where if you're going to do the Nurburgring, you could pop it on with a couple of Zeus fasteners I, or I quick clips or something? Because I just couldn't see that big old chunk just hanging off. I mean, when you're going to the Starbucks, you know what I mean? Like people are going to be setting their coffees on it when they're out in the parking lot and talking. Do you think anybody is buying? A, a GT3 RS with the wing, or the AMG Black Series of the wing, even even the the Viper, the racy one with the big wing. Do you think anybody is buying it and then taking it off? I don't know. I think it's. No. I think I think they're peacocking a little they're bit. They're peacocking. I think, yeah, I think you're literally. Shuttle. That's a literal peacock. <laughs> like it's the fanning out of the rear feathers. That's, that's right. So can we find out if that thing offers downforce at anything under like seventy five miles an hour? Because I just are you are you looking at the Porsche or that Mercedes? That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's, just I don't know. You're going to find concept. specs on the Porsche, but any of those cars, even even Viper, you know the big well, crazy Viper. The conceit. I mean, here's the deal: if you want to use a wing, you need to be not only going over eighty miles an hour, but you got to be going around a corner at eighty miles an hour because otherwise you're just going in a straight line at 80 miles an hour and you don't really need the wing for, no, for the straight I mean, line. It's, it's it's doing something. You don't want the car to start to lift. No, like, that's true. Like high speed. If you think about a lot of cars that aren't sports cars, they build in a little bit of lift. So when you're on the freeway, you'll get better gas mileage. Uh, oh, do they? I didn't yeah. know that. Um, I want to say a, a very specific example because GM put it out there. It's just saying, hey, the normal Camaro or whatever, six-cylinder Camaro, has a certain amount of lift. Mm-hmm. And then they said the the LT1, the super hot Camaro, they added bodywork to to n- counteract that lift. And mm. then the big wings push it down. So, you know, if the lift was... 40 pounds of lift they needed to add 150 pounds of downforce just to compensate for that first 40 right hmm. so they're like yeah yeah during during fuel mileage gas mileage uh you got a little bit of lift in it Un, uh, i was unaware of that but that's why they call you the uh, motorator so max pat will look in and it's kind of tough now because they're all moving and adjustable and variable and all that kind of stuff but i'm just sorry at the end of the day I don't mind a sort of incorporated rear wing, but I don't like the new ones that are just coat hangers, just, you know, hanging off the back of the thing. Although I think it's I think, showy. It's I, think to be showy. I get it, but I think an I I think an example of one that kind of works and is big and is kind of hung is the McLaren. Like you take a look at the Senna edition of the McLaren and the body's big and bold. The tail has the two booms kind of in tight. Yeah. And it's kind of hung below. It's kind of hung below and it, it looks okay on that car. It does. However, you don't m- mistake the McLaren for another, uh, the center for another McLaren. When you roll up on Rodeo with your 911, the guy with the giant wing is saying, mm. I paid an extra 80 grand. It's true. So at 80 miles an hour, it's got 6,400 
foot pounds or down for? No, that's the. You want just, to look at the last first? Oh, and that's last the RP. Oh, there it is. Eighty nine. So Eighty for rear downforce is eighty nine pounds, or a little over. 80. So eighty. If you're going eighty miles an hour, you're getting ninety. Right for the list. Pounds. I have a, I have a chart, and yeah, the, the speed uh, coefficient, downforce front and downforce rear. So what we want to look at is the speed of the first column, and then the downforce rear of the mm. last column. Right. So if you're traveling around at 60 miles an hour, you're getting 50 pounds of downforce. So just throw some golf clubs in the back seat, <laughs> would you? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know a ton about downforce and aerodynamics. It just doesn't feel like that much. Yeah. And if you're, if you're going on a Mulholland run, you know, if you're going on a Mulholland run, God bless you. But if you're going on a Mulholland run and again, you're throwing it into a corner. Yeah. You're not going faster than 50 miles an hour. Right, right. Actually, can we see the chart again? Was there a threshold where it jumps? It goes, you know, it's 50, then 60. Does it go from 90 to 140? Is there like some threshold of aerodynamics to, that we don't know? Seem to just keep creeping up. I think it up. just kind of crept up, but uh, right. why don't you hit that? Look for that. Let me hit uh, Madison Reed Mister here. Now, Madison Reed, they've been doing the hair coloring for the ladies for a while now, and they've been doing a pretty killer job. Lynette loves this stuff, by the way. And uh, now they're doing it for the fellas. Madison Reed Mister. It's a gray blending, sort of natural color. It'll work for your hair. It'll work for your beard as well. Uh, they don't have that shoe polish look. And uh, you just want to get rid of a little the salt and add a little more pepper. Well, that's what you do with Madison Reed Mister. Again, you don't want to have that sort of sharpie look. You want a nice, clean look and a natural look. And that's where Madison Reed Mister comes in. I use Madison Reed Mister. They get a little packet, put the gloves on. It's easy. You just open the color gel and you just sort of... Sort of mix around in your handle and you just kind of comb it through your hair with your fingers. And then you put the activator on, just a little dollop, and you wait 10 minutes. And then you rinse it off and Bob's your uncle. You're done and they'll deliver it right to your door. It's Madison Reed Mister, right, Matt? Yeah, go to madisonreedmister.com. That's Madison Reed MR and use code ADAM for 10% off plus free shipping on your first box. Again, that's code ADAM, madisonreedmr.com. So let's see, at 80 miles an hour, it's 89 foot pounds or 89 yeah. pounds of downforce. I don't know. That 113 to 140 jump seems significant, right? And then that 140 <laughs> to 200. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it, you're it, getting it, oh, it, above it, 90 at 100 miles an hour. And from 120, you're at 200 pounds. And then when you get to 150, you're at 315. So that's a pretty good, pretty good chunk. There, but there's not much movement under 80 miles an hour. Yeah. it's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. 90 miles an hour seems to be where to go. So don't drive the car less than 90 miles an hour. Even in the Trader Joe's <laughs> Even parking the Trader lot. Trader Joe's parking Yeah, so, <laughs> all right, so you got a big old wing on the back of your car. <laughs> so when you get pulled over, be like, sorry, officer, my wing doesn't work if I'm going less than 90. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> see, see how that goes. You got... Uh, Photos of the new McLaren tub, well, the carbon it's, it's fiber a, tub? There's a carbon fiber tub that McLaren's been working on, and the reason why they're doing this is the monocoque tub that they've had up to this point has been the platform or the essential design for their their gas engine cars. But now they're saying all of our cars, not just a P1 or a Senna, are going to be hybrid. Mm-hmm. And with their ultimate goal of being electric only by 2030. Mm-hmm. So they've got a time frame on this that uh, they're going to go to full electric, but the hybrid version will be a little bit like an NSX at this point, right? It's got a hybrid, it's got a gas engine, limited range on electric only because this is, you know, it's a, it's a performance car. It's, it's not meant to, you know, this isn't like how do you get from your house to the shop on electric only. This isn't that. It's maybe 17 miles. And as soon as you hit the gas, it's going to kick in anyway because you want to drive that car fast. But hybrid technology is their next big investment. And then from there, they're going to go to electric only. I imagine 
they're counting on things like battery technology to be far more advanced in the next 10 years. I don't even know if that's a realistic number. Uh, in our world, 10 years seems like a long time, but in some of this technology, the I don't battery, think... The battery stuff just flies forward. Yeah. It just it just flies forward. I, I think as... As you're listening to this, uh, there was something like Elon Musk was supposed to make some announcement about battery technology, or he hinted saying that his next big advancement in battery technology, the ones that he's working on, is ahead of schedule. Mm. Uh, And so I think he's expecting something in two to three years is is his next big Well, I told him when I used to fly my model airplanes, I had a ducted fan one that was electric Mm -hmm. pile of crap, like basically unflyable but it had a big brick of batteries and they're like c-cells daisy chain and there's like eight of them and imagine flying a little stupid styrofoam ducted fan whatever it's like eight c-cells like like a shrink wrap just a brick it was a brick it was a last nine minutes (laughs) and now now and it wouldn't even last nine minutes but it was so goddamn heavy you could barely fly the thing but um now that same plane or ducted fan you know it's interesting kalen look up electric ducted fan jet kit and i'll bet you the battery pack is going to look more like a few credit cards versus this brick you know what yeah. i mean or the the brick shape is is now a much lighter weight lithium ion pack right, right? so it's it's half the weight or less right uh and the output's probably far greater yeah flying uh the ducted fan jets is is pretty cool and they probably have some cool kits now and they're probably pretty economical back when i was doing it's like they didn't really work they didn't really have anything and now they they, they kind of do so it was kind of you know if you want a little fun hobby with you and the kids if you like car stuff or you like whatever all the stuff I flew back in the day was all gas powered, pretty much. Yeah, and and now it's I think it's all electrical. It's just you know the gas is like you have to buy the gas, you'd have to fill the gas, you have to go there with the glow plug yeah, and the starter thing, start. and you know be keep keep get your finger chopped off trying to kickstart <laughs> the propeller. And, yeah, and they actually had a little. F1 style whiz banger thing that you don't hit the prop. A little starter motor, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. they would do that as well. But even on the RC cars, the electric cars are so badass now and they're so fast. And, you know, everything does 50 miles an hour. Yeah, there's no, yeah, there's no reason, there's no reason to buy uh, an internal combustion engine for a model plane, a remote control plane. There's no reason to do it for a car. A model car, and there's not going to be any reason to do it on a full size car mm-hmm. in about six years. Yeah, that's kind of the way I'm feeling it. Well, until then, get yourself a Dodge. Summertime oh, yeah. is the best time to join the Brotherhood of Muscle because Dodge Power Dollars means you get a guaranteed discount. The math is simple you get $10 off based on the total horsepower of your Dodge vehicle. So you can go in and get a 2020 Challenger, a 2020 Durango, even a 2020 Charger. And uh, this summer, you'll get the most horsepower out of that ride. This is how it works. With $10 off for each horsepower, that means you can go in and pick up a Dodge Charger SRT Scat Pack. That's got 485 horsepower. You'll get $4,850 off. And this this summer, Dodge Power Dollars is back on the Dodge Durango as well. So no matter where the summer takes you, the Dodge Durango is here to make every trip this season a breeze. So if you get more power, you get more off. It's that simple. So hurry into your local Dodge dealer now to take advantage of Dodge Power Dollars. All right. So what else are we looking at in the uh, automotive world? You know, uh, it was interesting about uh, about the the McLaren news going uh, into hybrid. But, uh, you know, the other things that are coming out there that you'll hear more about is uh, uh, sort of in the same vein is there's a Jeep Wrangler, the 4EX, which is going to be a plug-in hybrid. It's kind of neat, the idea of being able to, you know, sort of crawl around in nature when you're out there in, in silence. Huh. <laughs> it's a little bit of a yeah, tell quiet, me about that quiet car. Jeep. Uh, I, they're just starting to tease it. So uh, I think it'll have... Uh, the plug-in uh, the the plug-in hybrid val- uh, drivetrain will be off of something that's existing out there now. I'm not sure what they're running. I think it's their minivan. Well, think how much better the off-roading 
would be this sort of well, especially if you're doing a little bit of a rock crawl mm-hmm. because of the torque situation. Because when you're having to like throw revs and kind of pop the clutch and you're trying to get up a hill, you yeah. know what I mean? Like that is a that is much better suited for an electric motor, right? Yeah. I mean. It'll it'll have uh, like you say an electric motor, lithium ion battery pack, uh, probably something based on the Chrysler Pacifica, maybe a three point six liter V six, and yeah, I'm sure it'll have some pure electric mode. That'll be uh, that'll be kind of interesting as well. And I don't know if it's going to be one of their trail rated versions or how it's going to work, but uh, it's going to be kind of interesting to creep around in in that mode. How do they? I always just picture them going. Well, which ones are trail rated? Oh, yeah. the ones we stick the trail rated badge <laughs> on. Those are the ones. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But how do you certify them? Here's the vigorous process: we stick a badge, yeah, onto the thing that says the ones that are designated for trail rated. Yeah. Like, do they? As it, it must come with a certain suspension or a certain something. At least something. tires. It's got to be tires. At, at least, least tires. Right? At least right. tires. Now, also, uh, the news from them that they're teasing is uh, from Jeep. Um, everybody's doing virtual car reveals now. So this is this is the time of the year where we're getting a lot of this stuff. Is You know, we have uh, Cadillac Escalade. Mm-hmm. We have Lincoln Navigator. Mm-hmm. So Jeep wants to bring back the Grand Wagoneer, and it will be a full-size uh, SUV, probably built on a Ram 1500 frame, full frame. Mm-hmm. And it'll be Jeep's flagship model, and it will compete with Escalade and Navigator. So interesting that, that Jeep is going to get into that market as well. Yeah, uh, the uh, Navigator looks good and the Escalade's good. I, I think I like the Lincoln more than I like the uh, Cadillac these you know, days. We, we've we've done a few road trips in the Lincoln, uh, the black label. Loved it. Um, great features, great seats, great sound system. There's a new Escalade, and the dash looks fantastic. Just screens and everything's digital, and it looks great looks user friendly i haven't driven it yet or have been in it yet but um uh yeah it'd just be interesting to see how these 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 come up you know certainly the competition right now is escalade versus navigator but when this grand wagoneer comes out i don't know soon maybe for next year the three-way head-to-head comparison i think is going to be significant because people love those things so much yeah i i get it now that i've been sort of so I was trucking around in uh, the the my Infinity, which kind of puts you up up high. Yeah. And then I got into the Aston Martin, and uh, like suddenly like, I can't even see over the dash. And I'm <laughs> like, yeah, seat's broken. But yeah, seat's broken. Uh, but I was like, it's true. You're you're down. Yeah. You know, you're and down. like when you're driving around, you're behind somebody on PCH, uh, you can't see around them. You know, and. I do I do get that's people's argument. They go, I like sitting up high. I mm-hmm. like to be able to see stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like being slammed on the ground is, is kind of nice when you're just all alone and you're going down a mountain road kind of thing. But day-to-day shit, I, I get it. I get why people want to yeah. be up on their perch. And when it comes to a road trip vehicle, when you're getting into something like the QX80, the big three-row SUV, the Lincoln Navigator – there's just, you know, they're quiet. They run great now. They're comfortable now. Mm-hmm. And there's just all sorts of features from massaging seats and heated and cooled and, and plugs everywhere. Plug in your phone, plug in your cooler, plug, you know, there's just all kinds of stuff you can, you can do with it. Not to mention, th- you know, throwing down the third row seats, ge- putting all your gear in there, unloading it at your hotel or Airbnb, and then using the seats as jump seats for, you know, rest your crew or other people or hey let's all take one car to the restaurant and mm-hmm. you know it's it's nice to be able to do all that stuff so we're we're i we're falling in love more and more with the big suvs especially on the road trips you know like you're saying now it's like even if you had an electric car that you were driving around town you're gonna you're gonna drive out to vegas or do a road trip or something just go rent the big suv right yeah i think we're kind of i think we're kind of at the spot which is if you can afford it 
you really just need that little electric Fiat to get around town, mm-hmm. which I think Leno said was like one of his favorite cars. <laughs> and, he didn't mean that. <laughs> I know. And you got to have the big Denali like sitting in the in the garage for that yeah. for that road trip. You know what I mean? Because it, especially you just when you get a few guys and a little bit of luggage, and as we do it, sometimes some equipment, mm-hmm. it just starts eating up the cubic feet inside that car like real fast. Yeah, like like you'd be surprised. You can never have enough room in the back of that car for throwing the bags and yeah. the coolers and the whatever. Like it just even with three or four guys, that stuff just goes fast. It does. Plus room for beef jerky. Got to uh, have, have beef jerky room. Got to have big front pockets and beef jerky in the pockets and a center console. <laughs> All right. Last but not least, uh, Geico. Right now, Geico is offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies. That's 15% on top of the money. Geico would already be saving you if you were with Geico. So what are you waiting for? I don't know. There's never been a better time to switch to Geico and save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Visit Geico.com to learn more. Again, you go to Geico.com and learn just how much you could be saving at Geico.com. All right. Tempe Improv, Matt's hometown, or close enough. Yeah. Uh, September 18th and 19th, be doing live podcasts there and stand up there as well. Salt Lake City Wise Guys coming up October 2nd and 3rd, live podcast and stand up there. Check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Adam Carolla and uh, support the show. Check out the website, carcastshow.com. Matt, what do you got? Yeah, just follow me on my social media, please, at Motorator, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all kinds of good stuff. So, till next time, Adam Crow for Matt the Motorator, DeAndrea saying, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Hey guys, let me tell you about Geico. Right now, Geico is offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies. That's 15% on top of the money Geico could already be saving you. So what are you waiting for? You're waiting for your dog to make you breakfast in bed? (laughs) Well, that's not going to happen. But saving money can. There's never been a better time now to switch to Geico. Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Visit Geico.com for more information. That's Geico.com.